What is up, Brokers Playbook Nation? This is Simeon Papa Elias, and once again, I have a very exciting guest. Uh, a lot of you may have heard of a small company called Austin Birch. They are a huge company, and they serve the needs of developers in the greater Toronto area. And what they do is they have a very different culture, and, and that really gets relayed onto the industry professionals that work in the pre-construction vertical, and I'm here with Eric Kuzian, the co-founder, and he's going to explain to us a little bit about the story and how they created both that culture and how they continue to behave and act differently in a market that's heavily saturated right now. Stay tuned. Welcome, everyone, to Broker's Playbook. I am with Eric Kuzian, co-founder of Austin Birch. Eric, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, sir. How are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm excited to have you here today. And, um, to be here. And I'm doing well. I have a, a full belly. Okay. Um, I just we had lunch, right? That's right. We just, <laughs> uh, we just enjoyed uh, some delicious Portuguese chicken yep. right downtown Toronto, where we are right now. And uh, we had a little talk uh, of course, we have our own business to discuss uh, around deals and projects, etc. But we had a little talk about this very podcast and kind of strategically thinking right. where to go with it. You are a different guy. You just and this is a good thing. I don't mean different oh, okay, in a bad way. You. I mean in a great way. Um, you're you're very outspoken uh, in a certain way. Maybe we share some of that. Um, I don't like to really hold back or sugarcoat things. You definitely do not. And that's kind of the flavor that I want to bring to this to this pod right now. Um, I want everybody to understand a little bit about your story and maybe how you've gotten here and what right. makes you this way. Why don't you start? Just give us the Eric Kuzian story right. first. Um, maybe the Cole's ja notes. Cole's notes <laughs> okay. and, and your relationship with Jamie, your co-founder, yeah. yeah. and, and how exactly you guys founded Austin Birch and arguably the craziest year in our lifetime, 2020. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So there's a lot to unpack there. Start anywhere, my man. Yes, I mean, you know, much like most people, just started, you know, doing real estate as a realtor. And, you know, not really knowing where I wanted to sell, what I wanted to sell, which is, I think, pretty common for most people when they get into the real estate industry. Um, so I kind of associated myself with this, you know, brokerage where it was very much a family-run small brokerage. And I liked the culture. I liked... I always kind of resonated to that coming from like a family business background. And so, you know, that kind of culture was always important to me. I wasn't never and probably will never be a big corporate kind of guy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was really important to me. Started doing a lot of business downtown. Opportunities presented itself downtown in King West. Um, became part of a brokerage there for many years. Grew that. And part of that brokerage, um, which was PSR, um, you know, we enjoyed the new sales side of things. It was something that I kind of gravitated to, enjoyed the marketing side of it, how to position projects. And in you the started in the business almost 20 years ago. Yeah, almost 20 years ago, exactly. Uh, so you've been part of that King, the rise of King West, the rise yes. of West Toronto. So you were part of that scene. Yes, very much so. We were inundated. It was, it was, it was, it was a us. scene. Yeah, it was around us every day. It was a young brokerage that was, you know, took some time to, I guess, make a bit of noise, but it started growing organically. We were never, um, you know, again, part of that corporate, uh, 
positioning or approach was we weren't really looking to um, grab agents or market for more agents. It just all happened pretty authentic and, and, and organically. And, um, and then we started, you know, obviously doing sales for developers and that started growing. And uh, I, around 2017, I realized that I wasn't enjoying the brokerage business a lot. It wasn't for me, you know, and I really enjoyed the new sales and marketing side of the business. Um, so there was an opportunity for me to exit out of that company, um, which we did in 2018. I thought I'd take a year off or so. So it was a, it was a, a pretty fun time where I never experienced that. I actually went away with my wife and didn't have an email that I had to answer to because I had wow. no company anymore. So it was, it was, it was liberating soon. It was very, very liberating. And uh, uh, so I thought I'd enjoy that. And Jamie, who was a partner with one of the offices back in our previous um, company, um, decided to come with me and we wanted to kind of decide what we were going to do. And we had all these other ideas with international brands and all that kind of stuff in the real estate industry. So we traveled, we traveled, we looked at different markets because we were convinced and knowing so that, you know, Toronto was going to get to 1500 a foot, was going to get to 1800 a foot, was going to get to 2000 a foot. So how are these other global markets facilitating those type of sales at those type of prices? So you spent both the time and money to actually put your boots on the ground in other global cities to do your market research. Correct. Correct. Because, you know, as we, I said, you're a different guy. Yeah, we've had a great run. We know that. Obviously, you know, <coughs> factoring in the last year is, is, is not evident. But, you know, Toronto's obviously seen a crazy trajectory in terms of growth and, and units being absorbed. And what we realized when we traveled and we looked at everywhere in the world is there's really no other place that was doing it. So like like Toronto was. So when we were talking to creative agencies from, you know, our idea was let's stop staying so local. We have such a robust pre-con market that we should be looking at creative agencies all around the world. We should be looking at um, architects from around the world. We should be looking at PR agencies or interior design companies. So to just offer a different level of service to our clients here. And when we started looking at all that stuff, everybody was just blown away by the numbers that Toronto was doing. So we realized that we are definitely singular in the amount of transactions that we were doing at the time. So understanding now realistic absorption cycles, which we are now seeing in, 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 in the market, um, was something that we were very uh, interested to make sure we brought back as, as good intelligent um, analytics to our clients. Well, I think what 2023 showed the world is that nobody and I mean nobody and nothing can escape global economics. Yeah, of course. So you can have the absolute biggest demand supply delta on the planet, which Toronto, Canada still enjoys. Right. We have staggering supply demand issues Correct. that have not been resolved. Right. The reason the market has listings is because nobody can be approved to get a mortgage to actually get a deal, Correct. whereas the global economy effect <clears throat> comes in. So I just want everybody to understand that what you just described is still very much right here, right now, and it's being exasperated even further because the current market conditions aren't allowing developers and builders to actually move forward on projects. So, yeah. so it's going to, the minute that this pressure, this economic pressure gets relief. Correct we're going to be straight back into a world of hurt for our buyers. Affordability, affordability is not getting better. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, we've seen that all the time, right? Even when, 
when await because i mean i've been doing this for a while mm-hmm. when await kind of went on a slow you know and and canada didn't know if we were going to follow and we didn't really follow the u.s but there was that four or five month lag where everything yes. slowed down and i remember at the time we were doing fashion house and uh in king west and it was like 299 was going to be the number in terms of the psf or 399 was it the psf i can't remember it's been such a long time that let's do we have to really shake it up to move units and as soon as we thought of that idea, boom, the market had come back anyway. Like it was, it's so, so every time Toronto historically, and I'm talking when I say historically, the last 10, 15 years has seen a slowdown. Same with 2017 with the HST and every, it just shot right back up quickly as opposed to, so to your point, yes. As soon as that flick or that consumer confidence or that mentality and psychology of like, no, I want to get back into the market. It's going to, it's going to, the trajectory. And and just to expand a little bit on that. Oh, wait was exactly, it was a six month uh, lull. It was my first year in business. I got licensed in the beginning of 07. I bought my home pre-construction home in Oakville during that six months. Right. Cause I closed in 2010. Right. Because everybody was so nervous. Oh my, everybody thought it's going to be the U S yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to go down. I bought a home in Bronte Creek in Oakville for $499,000 with a $50,000 decor package to boot. Right. I sold it five years later for a million. Yeah. Lottery ticket. Yeah. It's a lottery ticket. And that's in, and, and I'm speaking to that because this market right now has significant opportunity, right? Tremendous opportunity. Yeah. And and I want to uh not I want you to go back to the to the story we were speaking but I do want to come back to how an agent if it's one thing that you give well is a, a specific insight right as to how to look at things. Yeah, I course. want you to Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely touch on de- that. Definitely. It depends. Well, yeah. So so going back to your global insight, you and Jamie come back we come back, we we you know, we uh some opportunities presented itself that we couldn't turn down yeah. some great projects. And we, you know, we said, well, you know, we, this is the route we were going to go. So if these projects are already, you're calling, talking becoming a listing broker for a development. Yeah, pretty much basically running the sales and marketing for a developer specifically. And we made a decision that that's all we're going to do. We don't want to be in the brokerage business. We want to just focus again, specialize in what we enjoy the most. That is part of the culture, part of the culture. Make sure you're doing what you enjoy and what you're real about. Um, and that's what we did. We were uh, blessed enough to bring our um, new sales team with us from our previous company, majority of them. Um, and we were able to start Austin Birch. And uh, funny story with Austin Birch, I'll tell you quickly. So as we doing our travels, we did um, meet a great these creative agencies. And there was this great creative agency out of New York that we loved. And we hired them to, to, to do the Austin Birch brand. And it wasn't a brand yet in terms of the name. And, you know, we hired them they did all these surveys and they did all these tests and this and that and they came to us with this very detailed marketing uh book that said this is what we think the name should be and we joked with them during the process and we said well you know jamie lives on austin crescent i live on birch avenue and they came, come on yeah yeah man i'm telling you they they looked at us and that's what i love the real and conway out of new york by the way give them a shout out because they're great people shout out. they're real enough to say we've done all this study and research and survey and everybody likes just your street names so forget this crap that we showed you that we can do this is what resonated the most with people so that's how austin birch kind of became austin birch that is incredible yeah. i had no idea <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, that yeah is... we weren't just picking the whitest names possible it was just <laughs> <laughs> We, I was so annoyed that people can't say Kuzian. So I was like, I need, I need, I need two white names. No, that's not try, what we're doing. Try Papa Elias yeah. for anybody out there. Give it a shot. Yeah, no, no. Uh, that's no, not Austin it. Birch really has a very, like, 
and I'm going to have, I'm going to make sure that our, our editors bring the Austin Birch uh, logo and brand into yeah. the show. Um, you have a, such a, a cool feel. Right. The name Austin Birch matches the way it looks. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. And it's fresh and it's modern. What is it when you were building this? Because this is now a different vertical. To all our brothers and sisters out there looking to start a brand. Yeah. Because branding is important. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what attracted you to the specific creative agency or how did you pick a creative agency? Yeah, well, two things. I mean, like, you know, there's, there's where I, the funny thing is in between because the business came calling so quickly or our clients came calling so quickly, we didn't even have a chance to create the brand, right? So, so it just became Kuzian, <coughs> Got it. right? And we were adamant about not having it when I say we, me especially, because you know, a lot of people have used their names in the past, but I have a different feel for that, right? I didn't want, um, I had that when I was kind of building my first resale real estate team, right? It would be like, well, if it's Eric, then why am I dealing with one of your junior Correct. agents, right? And I always found that always difficult to, to empower my agents or empower my staff if the brand is my name. Everybody has to always be under you. Correct. That's the wrong way to build. Yeah, culture. and that wasn't part of our culture, so we were we. That was just a holding place. So we we knew that it was never going to just stay as Kuzian because you know that's not what we stood for and not, wasn't of interest. So this creative agency out of New York, they just basically had that professional appeal to it, but they had um, beautiful aesthetics and design and and more of the symmetry of how. The brand, again, is not just a logo, but it really transcends to what your values and what your... So you found your own cool factor inside the professional guidelines that they had. Yeah, pretty much. That, yeah. That- yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a ton of great creative agencies. This one also, again, it's the personality of Santiago, who's the, who's, who's, who's the, the, you know, the main principal behind Conway. We got along with him. We enjoyed his personality, which again, you know, it all leads to relationships and service and everything like that. So, so brand, uh, and I'll make this let this be the last point on brand. Yeah. I, I personally went through our rebrand exercise, uh, Brokers Playbook. This show that we're speaking on right now started as a clubhouse room. <laughs> Guess when? Uh, May twenty twenty. Right. It was a room in clubhouse, an app that came and went. I don't know if they're still around and how they're doing. But it was very hot at the time, and the, the the COVID hit, and everybody doesn't know what to do, how to do it, and off we go into this little room that gets 50, 100, 200, 300 people mm-hmm. coming in to listen right. to us talk. Yeah. So we're moderating this room of strangers, all industry professionals, right. from Houston, from Los Angeles, from New York, from Toronto, from Red Deer, Alberta, from wherever, and the insight starts piling in. Sure. And we had this Mickey Mouse brand that my in-house designer put together for me in five minutes because it wasn't supposed to be anything above and beyond that. Right. It's not like, and shout out to Stephen Rochester. Stephen is a tremendous designer. But mm-hmm. I just said, it's Broker's Playbook. Give me something. He gives me a beautiful little something. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But then the brand grew yeah. and developed and evolved and all these things. And I needed a real brand. Right. And I found... Broker, I believe the Broker's Playbook brand right now is beautiful. I'm a fan of the, my brand. I mm-hmm. like it. It was never Simeon. Right. I agree with you. I believe in servant leadership. Sure. Um, so you cannot grow together if it's you. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the bottom yeah, yeah, line. Exactly. Nothing wrong with having the brand that way. There's some great, obviously, companies great brands. and successful yes. brands that have done it. Just my site. Yeah. Because I agree with it so much, I'm sharing this. And I found everything I was looking for Huge shout out to Sabina Malik of M Industries. She was able to 
bring a perspective and a feel that matches agents. Mm-hmm. Like you need it to be beautiful. It needs to be cool, but also need to be fun. Like mm-hmm. we're not selling anything. Right. But how does an agent resonate? Right. Just the way yeah, you're yeah, doing it. How does a developer see you as the right choice? Yeah. Are you connected with a market? And you are. You're a cool guy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. I'm not looking <laughs> to pump your tires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. Like some people would argue that, but sure, yeah, exactly. I'll take it. I'll take it. it, it camera, especially, I'll take especially it. your family. Yeah, <laughs> he is not cool. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, I I just thought that was. Um, I think I think you have a beautiful brand. I actually oh, thank you. It's probably. I would think it's actually my favorite brand from real estate development marketing companies. Oh, I appreciate it's that. It's cool. It's fresh, uh, and I think you you make it look that way too. So I think it found. The yeah. character and the brand yeah, yeah, yeah. fit each other. Yeah, of course. And so does your whole team, yeah. by the way. I know. Everybody lives the brand, yeah. represents the brand. Yeah, we're very lucky. We have a very talented team. We have a team that kind of, you know, shares the same values, the same passion, the same beliefs, which, again, is very important uh, for a company. And it gets challenging when you have to get bigger and bigger and bigger because, you know, the the it's it's tough to kind of expect those type of values and those type of uh, opinions or approaches to the way you market or sell or enjoy your company of a company is it gets challenging as it gets bigger and bigger because yeah, the the culture gets tested yeah of by new dynamics yeah. new problems new personalities uh i mean with that being said that's a perfect segue yeah. into to where we want to go and uh, where i want to go is um you have been ultimately successful uh in selling product for your clients uh, into engaging the agent community, which I'm part of, we work together where you bring me inventory. Right. So a very significant part of my life is when you and the people such as yourself, the other marketing companies provide us inventory to sell to our clients. Right. A lot of agents, and I'm going to say 95% of agents are resale residential agents. Right. I have used this podcast to advocate the the benefits of adding the pre-construction vertical to one's portfolio mm-hmm. of tools that and value proposition they can create for their clients. You specifically were the first marketing agency to create a sales university. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I'll take you there. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Let's because I'm, because I'm an, I'm an educator to the industry myself. Right. Uh, and my number one goal is to see my colleagues win. Because when they win, I win. Right. And you win. Yeah, of course. Um, so one more agent understanding how to add value with pre-construction helps you because he can sell, she can sell your inventory. Right. Which makes you do your job better. Right. And they made a truckload of cash. And the consumer bought an investment property. Yeah. Take me down, Austin Birch University. Take me down. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was a way where we started realizing that you know, us presenting in front of people, whether it was projects, whether it was how to's, whether it was, did you know this, like the presentation aspect in front of agents was always something and it's it's nothing new. People have been doing this, whether it's conferences or whatever it is for a long time, but then you get to a point where you can't, you're only hitting a certain amount of people, right? Because we just don't have the time to get in front of so many people so many days of the week. So we figured that a lot of times, a lot of people want to get into pre-con or a lot of resale agents, and it's not just pre-con, it's, they're always looking at what the person who's, call it successful, is doing, and I want to do that. But I don't realize what it takes to do that, ha. right? And, 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 and sometimes <laughs> it's, it's not even the, the, the hard work of it, it's the simplicity of really understanding that part of the business. So, you know, 
anybody and you know we could we can you know i'm a big advocate about uh one of the biggest challenges i think we're finding with our agents or the agents in the resale and pre-con industry as as buyer agents is you know we're all influenced by what why we see on instagrams or social and this and that and it's like oh that guy's doing so well or that woman is selling every single project and they don't realize what it takes to do that. And they don't realize the marketing budgets that are associated with it. They don't realize the type of business model that they're kind of saying I want to do. So, you know, every time we get the question all the time, Simeon, is, is how do I differentiate myself? I tell people, you don't need to differentiate yourself. You need to understand the business model you want to get into. And what I mean by Your that- Your very own business model. Correct. What I mean by that is, is if you want to do online lead generation in the pre-con world and you want to flyer every single project that gets sent to me every day because I'm on your registration list. So every day you're sending me something else. The next day you're sending me something else. Here's another project launch. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of people who've made great money. That's one definitive business model. And you have- and, and finish yeah. it. That business model is one of outbidding your competitors for Google AdWords Correct. and campaigns. Right. Understand. So, uh, so unless- you have five, 10, 15, 20, 30, whatever thousand dollars per month up front, up front. Right. To get those leads, convert them, and get paid in three to four years. Right. Understand that business model may or may not work for you. Right. But it's like anything else, because if I say that that's my business model, I need to study that business model. Yes. I need to then realize that I'm a flyer or I'm a resource right? I'm not maybe looking to know my clients, kids' names, birthdays, and that's fine. You don't need to. I'm a resource and I'm going to generate that lead. I have a program of that lead when it comes into the into here. I'm going to push it off to any project I wanted to do and I'm going to do this and it's going to cost this kind of money and this kind of advertising and this is my return and great. As long as you understand that that's what that business takes, right? So, so really understanding that, hey, Am I a resale agent that's going to complement my business with a few pre-con deals? If that's the case, I need to be a bit more focused. I need to add value to my clients because they're my clients. So that's where I want to stick. Yeah, go ahead. That's where I want to stick. Yeah. Because the first one that we talk about, there's a reason I went down that tangent. Right. Is because that is not a true real estate business model. Mm -hmm. that's, n that's a marketing Google play. Sure. And unless you have the capital to play that game up front at the mm -hmm. highest level, because there's actual media companies doing that. Mm -hmm. Hire a realtor to fulfill. Mm -hmm. But they got budgets. Right. As a realtor, 99.9% .9 of them, you don't. Right. Because I'm a realtor too. Right. And if I spend 30 grand a month for six months and the market changes or I don't close, I'm actually going bankrupt. Right. Yes. So let's stay real. Okay. So you said now as a resale agent yeah. to complement. Right and add a new tool to your belt, one that pays beautiful commissions, right. one that is scalable, because there is, real estate is so subjective. Mm -hmm. You walk into a neighborhood, you put somebody in the car, I hate this neighborhood, I don't like the way the park looks, or the school here stinks, and yeah. deal's botched. With pre-construction, it is objective. This is what the building will look like. Facts. Mm -hmm. These are the unit types. Facts. Mm -hmm. There's going to be Miele appliances, KitchenAid, 
sinks, whatever the case may be, you can count on knowing what it's going to be. Mm -hmm. It takes away the subjectivity of real estate and it allows the client to be easily make a decision if they believe in that real estate to acquire it as an income property or for their children, for the, for university or whatever the case may be. And add this with focus, with intent, with value proposition. I've watched the university that you put together. <laughs> yes. Take me down how you involve the agent because I can speak to my experience with your salespeople. Yeah. But why don't you tell people how you treat agents and their clients? What does yeah. that look like? Yeah. So you, I mean, you were just touching on a pretty important point because, you know, you're saying that it allows the client to make a decision, right? But that client, as a resale, typical or traditional realtor and your, call it, fiduciary duties, that client is looking for you to guide them mm -hmm. in a certain way. They'll make the decision, but they need you to guide them because if they're not looking at you, then they can go back to the flyer. And, and you're an order taker. Right, exactly. So because that client is looking at you, you can't possibly think that 40 projects are the perfect fit for that client, right? So it is your job as a realtor, what are, we say as a university is we know I mean, this last, uh, call it fall 2023, that just happened, 45 projects launched. It was, a, it was insane. And exactly. Everybody was out every night. I am still exhausted. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and out of 45 projects, you can't tell me that every one of them is right for your client. Right? Your client. Or right at all, for that matter. Exactly. So, so really understanding which projects make sense for that typical client. You know, you made another statement, Simeon, that I, you know, not that I question it, but most people don't really understand what you meant by it is it is a great time for an opportunity for buyers right now. Yes. But the other problem that people don't realize is an opportunity is only an opportunity if you can capitalize on it. That's right. Right. So yes, there's great opportunities. There is projects that are giving you crazy incentives. There are great deals out there to be had, but it's only a deal if you know your client can capitalize on yes. it. So just because something is a great deal in your mind, don't take it to client number one if you know that they are not financially capable or mentally capable to transact. So it's no longer an opportunity for that person. So you really need to start understanding your client base, the projects, and which ones make sense for what product. <laughs> well, to take it, we can take that as, as, as deep as, as we can or we want to. Sure. Uh, the entire foundation of my business partner, Jazz Takar, uh, and myself, uh, is we've never compromised our client, ever. Never, under any circumstance. We've said no to more people during the, the gold rush of real estate when money was free, and I'm just talking the last three years. You're right. That, that was, there was more people, like you could say real estate, and there was people throwing their clothes at you. Can you get me this? Can you? All the nonsense. I declined, I can guarantee you we declined over 100 deals mm -hmm. because not only were they speculators, the client was actually so ignorant to the asset class mm -hmm. that they didn't know the financial suicide they were about to commit. Right. So we saved over, I, I know for sure because we actually went back and tallied it, over 100 people were declined to transact. Hopefully they didn't go somewhere else because nobody else would decline a deal. Right. But we did. But we do an actual professional intake with our clients, right. like a KYC, like a know your client. Yeah. If I just met Eric, Eric, have a seat. Yeah. You're going to, if you're uncomfortable in answering these questions with me because we're strangers, 
unfortunately, we're not going to be able to work together because if I represent your best interests, I have to know, or we have to together clearly establish your goals and objectives. Right. Yeah, I think that's also like, you know, again, segueing into why, you know, the university was created with Austin Bridge University is because we were realizing that a lot of the agents who were coming in had the clients, um, but they, you know, the knowledge wasn't there. They weren't advising their clients properly. They didn't understand the uh, details of transacting in pre-con or what the questions or challenges that these clients might have down the road. And so, you know, the, it was it was a to make sure that a lot of the agents were knowledgeable when they did have that client, because the worst thing you can do is actually have someone who is ready to transact or purchase with you and you lose that deal based on the fact that you're not educated properly. Right. It's a sin. Right. It's a sin. Exactly. Because it's hard now, I mean, more than ever in, <coughs> in the markets that we're just going through now to even get that client, right? So the fact that you have one and you're not, and you're going to lose them because you're not educated in the process was something that we were like, you know, we're not doing our industry any good if, if this is the type of education we're putting out there. So we wanted to basically hone in on that importantly. And secondly, like you said, give a lot of realtors the confidence and the comfort knowing that there are different ways to transact in real estate to supplement your income or to complement your income. And it's a great way. I mean, Newcon is a great way for people to get into the marketplace where we saw more than ever in the last couple of months, if you're not liquid, it's going to be impossible for you to get into and, and never mind the affordability issues. I mean, we can talk about that for days, but it's crazy. Right. So, so, you know, it was always a good vehicle, a good tool for people to get in. And we want to make sure that the realtors in the industry were knowledgeable enough to really understand it. And at the same time, not to, um, lose out on this comp, you know, way to complement your income. Uh, I love that. And of course I, not only do I agree with it, brokers playbook, the platform itself has a broker portal where all the inventory of Austin Birch sits. Right. And this is uh, where we train our agents. We train our, our fellow brothers and sisters in the business to actually log into brokers playbook, listen to this podcast. You can listen to it and watch it on the platform, but the minute you're done, how about you log into the portal and take a look at what opportunities you can bring to your clients today. Sure. That's the point of collaboration. Right. That's the point of spreading awareness of Austin Birch, what it does. I can say without a doubt, your team is one of the easiest and fluid process-driven teams I've ever worked with. Oh, thank you. The reservation sheet goes in, outspits the choices, the options, the support. Does your client need to come in? Does all the right. things. Support. Right. That's what I believe agents need mm -hmm. the most, especially if they're starting out in the business and no, don't necessarily understand. Don't pretend you understand. Right. You can hurt your client. Yeah, sure. So, so there are professionals, and that's why I'm saying like your team is great. If you're going to work with someone, work with someone that actually enjoys to support you. Yeah. You smile when you're helping someone. You're not frowning. You're not doing it to do them a favor. Yeah. You enjoy doing what you do. Yeah. As do I. Yeah. There are ways to support each other, which takes me to your last talk. And, and we were snarking on that before we, we started the podcast. In the fall 2023, just now, during that barrage of launches, you launched an iconic project. Um, it is arguably the best location of any project in the city for sale right now. Right. Uh, we're talking about Queens Key. Yeah. We're talking about... Q Tower. Q Tower. I yeah. mean, we can talk about it. Yeah. Um, it's live. It's it's uh, it's out there. Um, Q Tower is 
incredible. Yeah. Uh, the team involved in it, the whole culture behind it. Yeah. Uh, the artists that's involved in it. Yeah. I mean, we can, we're not going to make this about Q Tower. Yeah. Um, but at the event, it was hosted right down at uh, Real Sport. Yeah. That was a fun night. Thousand plus agents. Yeah. Insane event. You walked in and you you had a speech. You had something to say. And it wasn't the typical rah-rah. Yeah. Well, I think most people know that when I'm, if I'm presenting, it's not going to be typical. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> Once again, you're a different guy, Eric. You're a different guy. Yeah. Um, give us the essence of what you spoke about that night. Yeah, I think, listen, I think, you know, I get this question a lot in terms of like, you know, in terms of presenting, like, you know, creating an energy and creating a, a certain feel for a project or, you know, I think it's it's really, again, understanding your audience. It's the same as a realtor or a pre-con realtor, understanding their audience. So, you know, for us, you know, we've realized that first and foremost, 40 launches, we keep talking about, I think it was even 48, 49, maybe, I don't know. But knowing that these agents are at a dinner or at a launch every night you know, the idea to go back and do something that is the same as everyone else every night, you're just getting lost in the Makes no sense. And then when you have something spectacular, like a legacy project like Q Tower, you know, we were very fortunate enough to um, work with Lifetime and Diamond Corp, who are the developers on the site. Um, you know, Those boys are great, by the way. Yeah. I, I met them. We did an interview. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, they're great. Um, you know, Lifetime has always had a huge component of culture and the arts as well. So that's how Michael Mobius, world-renowned art, artist, um, decided to collaborate on the project, which was fantastic. Um, so it was the right opportunity for Austin Birch, and lucky enough that we were selected. And um, I think the whole process of even the selection was very authentic. And, like, you know, they had to do things a little differently than they're not used to doing. We had to accept things that were a little differently than we wanted to do. But at the same time, you sit around, you're like, I want all these people to be at a table together. And if we are, I'm sure we're going to do something that's going to be pretty rememberable and, um, and, and effective. So, you know, they, they uh, supported a lot of the ideas. They had a lot of great ideas. And this project, it's just, it's really rare and unique, you know, because it, it hits all the notes, right? Like, so the biggest thing that we know, especially when there's this much product or this much projects coming in Toronto, that a location, sure, everybody knows location, location, right? For real estate. But it wasn't just about the location. One, it was the only project in the last 20 years that was the south of the gardener on the waterfront that was in that iconic landmark location because everything to do with waterfront is going way east obviously you know humber big west is is being developed as well but in terms of what's being done on that waterfront harbor front center area there hasn't been a project there in 20 years and because of that location and the way that lifetime and diamond corp engineered the architecture it was also unique that it guaranteed and preserved these amazing views. It's insane. From almost every suite. And, you know, and, and, and kudos to having the experience and the knowledge for them to be able to create something like that and having it in that location and where it's, and, and, and then, you know, taking it a step further. And what I mean by that is you can have great locations, you can have great price, but then the units aren't great or the layouts aren't great. Always something. Right. So, you know, the fact that every single unit was perfectly laid out, every single unit had outdoor space, balconies, every single unit had bedrooms on windows, no internal bedrooms. So it was the location, it was the product that was great and servicing the way that the investor or the end user in that location is demanding their product to be. And then, of course, we came out with a price that was because of this year, 
right? If this was a year and a half ago, it would have been $100, $150 a square foot more easily. Easily. But because of the timing that we're dealing with, the price was adjusted to make sure that it sells. Well, it's, it's also the matter that those developers specifically are well capitalized, been in the business uh, long enough. 40 plus years each. And, and that's just it. So, yeah. so the way they look at the market and their money's simply just longer where they can afford to adjust with the market. Yeah. Other developers either have to cancel. Right. Because they don't have a choice of selling yeah. for anything less than the pro forma dictate. It's a big of deal. Of course. It's it's a big that, and that's what experience comes with. That's right. right? That's when experiences that's right. of like Steve Diamond and Mel Pearl and Brian that's and right. Ty and these guys are just like, you know, smart enough to understand that like, yeah, we understand this is pretty important and this is an amazing location, but we also understand the market today. And and so, we, you know, for them, we were able to position it, offer it, and, you know, kudos that it got very well received and uh tell me a little bit about the presentation you did at the event um yeah i mean normally who's obviously you know a a real estate maven in his own mind in terms of like the way he's obviously created some great renderings great videos um av video he just has a good vibe to him so we always enjoy working with him he was on the project um and we kind of came up with these ideas of different ways where we can integrate these great screens and these great video contents and uh, make sure that it's exciting and it's engaging and it's not, you know, repetitive. Um, so, you know, I think we had, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure it was over 1,400 agents actually showed up on that night. And there was a small stage and, and I ended up jumping on the bar because I had a better elevation of, of seeing everybody. And it was really kind of scared because on one side I had like a $30,000 Mobius art piece that was being given away. On the other side, I had this <laughs> very expensive 10-foot scale model. So it was like, you know, I, I was worried about jumping back and forth. But um, the energy was great. The offering was great. The vibe, the music, everything was fun. So I think, I think it was a great way to kind of end this really um, – busy season of launches and uh i think the whole industry was rooting for us because i got calls from a lot of other clients and a lot of people yeah i I just thought to share it because it was a it wasn't a a typical uh platinum party right uh platinum is for for those outside the toronto pre-construction market it's a kind of a industry what's become an industry description for kind of that top echelon of pre-construction agents yeah Uh, it was inclusive of of hundreds 1400 agents which is nice to yeah. see yeah uh because again we're seeing a democratization of the pre-construction industry yeah. as a result of just eight months ago there was no inventory right so in the beginning of 2023 up to may there was no inventory on the market right. the flood happened after two more increases where yeah. people said i can't take this anymore yeah of course but but nothing's changed yeah no so you had a bunch of resale agents with no business looking for business yeah so they they looked at pre-construction and now pre-construction industries people like you respond with universities to help them to train sure. them to expand your reach it's been a beautiful thing yeah um with that said i want to I want to close this off. I want to thank you for everything you do for the industry. Oh, man, thank you. Um, for anybody uh, listening or watching, please check out Austin Birch. Um, they have a beautiful website as we spoke about the brand. They have a tremendous amount of opportunity uh, for you to work with their projects. You can obviously find all their inventory with brokersplaybook.com. You can reach out to his team directly if you have questions on how to best work with them. It's a big place. The world's a big place. You don't have to worry. Um, but definitely check out Eric and his team. Uh, they're incredible. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for being on the of show. Of course, anytime. See you Enjoyed soon. It. Thanks, bud. You bet.